Our Old Testament reading for today, the fourth Sunday in Lent, is from Isaiah chapter 42. For a long time I have held my peace. I have kept still and restrained myself. Now I will cry out like a woman in labor. I will gasp and pant. I will lay waste mountains and hills and dry up all their vegetation. I will turn the rivers into islands and dry up the pools. And I will lead the blind in a way that they do not know. In paths that they have not known, I will guide them. I will turn the darkness before them into light, the rough places into level ground. These are the things I do, and I do not forsake them. They are turned back and utterly put to shame, who trust in carved idols, who say to metal images, you are our gods. Hear, you deaf, and look, you blind, that you may see. Who is blind but my servant, or deaf as my messenger whom I send? Who is blind as my dedicated one, or blind as the servant of the Lord? He sees many things, but does not observe them. His ears are open, but he does not hear. The Lord was pleased for his righteousness' sake, to magnify his law and make it glorious. This is the word of the Lord. Our epistle this morning is from Paul's letter to the Ephesians, chapter 5. For at one time you were darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Walk as children of light, for the fruit of light is found in all that is good and right and true. And try to discern what is pleasing to the Lord. Take no part in the unfruitful works of darkness, but instead expose them. For it is shameful even to speak of the things that they do in secret. But when anything is exposed by the light, it becomes visible. For anything that becomes visible is light. Therefore it says, Awake, O sleeper, and arise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. This is the word of the Lord. The Holy Gospel according to St. John, the ninth chapter. As Jesus passed by, he saw a man blind from birth, and his disciples asked him, Rabbi, who sinned, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? Jesus answered, It was not that this man sinned or his parents, but that the works of God might be displayed in him. We must work the works of him who sent me while it is day. Night is coming when no one can work. As long as I am in the world, I am the light of the world. Having said these things, he spat on the ground and made mud with the saliva. Then he anointed the man's eyes with the mud and said to him, Go, wash in the pool of Siloam, which means scent. So he went and washed and came back seeing. The neighbors and those who had seen him before as a beggar were saying, Is this not the man who used to sit and beg? Some said, it is he. Others said, no, but he is like him. He kept saying, I am the man. So they said to him, then how were your eyes opened? He answered, the man called Jesus made mud and anointed my eyes and said to me, go to Siloam and wash. So I went and washed and received my sight. They said to him, where is he? He said, I do not know. They brought to the Pharisees the man who had formerly been blind. 
Now, it was a Sabbath day when Jesus made the mud and opened his eyes. So the Pharisees again asked him how he had received his sight. And he said to them, He put mud on my eyes, and I washed, and I see. Some of the Pharisees said, This man is not from God, for he does not keep the Sabbath. But others said, How can a man who is a sinner do such signs? And there was a division among them. So they said again to the blind man, What do you say about him since he has opened your eyes? He said, He is a prophet. The Jews did not believe that he had been blind and had received his sight until they called the parents of the man who had received his sight and asked them, Is this your son who you say was born blind? How then does he now see? His parents answered, We know that this is our son and that he was born blind, but how he now sees, we do not know, nor do we know who opened his eyes. Ask him. He is of age. He will speak for himself. His parents said these things because they feared the Jews, for the Jews had already agreed that if anyone should confess Jesus to be Christ, he was to be put out of the synagogue. Therefore, his parents said, He is of age. Ask him. So, for the second time, they called the man who had been blind and said to him, Give glory to God. We know that this man is a sinner. He answered, Whether he is a sinner, I do not know. One thing I do know that, though I was blind, now I see. They said to him, What did he do to you? How did he open your eyes? He answered them, I have told you already, and you would not listen. Why do you want to hear it again? Do you also want to become his disciples? And they reviled him, saying, You are his disciple, but we are disciples of Moses. We know that God has spoken to Moses, but as for this man, we do not know where he comes from. The man answered, Why, this is an amazing thing. You do not know where he comes from, and yet he opened my eyes. We know that God does not listen to sinners, but if anyone is a worshiper of God and does his will, God listens to him. Never since the world began has it been heard that anyone opened the eyes of a man born blind. If this man were not from God, he could do nothing. They answered him, You were born in utter sin, and would you teach us? And they cast him out. Jesus heard that they had cast him out. And having found him, he said, Do you believe in the Son of Man? He answered, And who is he, sir, that I may believe in him? Jesus said to him, You have seen him, and it is he who is speaking to you. He said, Lord, I believe, and he worshipped him. Jesus said, For judgment I came into this world, that those who do not see may see, and those who see may become blind. Some of the Pharisees near him heard these things and said to him, Are we also blind? Jesus said to them, If you were blind, you would have no guilt. But now that you say, We see, your guilt remains. This is the gospel of the Lord. Grace, mercy. And peace to you from God, our Father, our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, and the Holy Spirit, who gives and who strengthens our faith. 
The words for our sermon today are from the Gospel of John, chapter 9, that we have just read. Promises are made all the time. Promises are important declarations. They are critical in all kinds of relationships. In a business situation, keeping a promise is critical to keeping a business going. For broken promises eventually mean lost customers. In a personal relationship, promises are important as well. And broken promises lead to, promise, lead to problems in a relationship. Promises with God are important as well. However, with God, we know God keeps all his promises to us. And so it is important for us to understand God's promises. We see in the first few verses of the gospel text that the disciples lack understanding of God's promises. They pose this question to Jesus. As Jesus passed by, he saw a man blind from birth, and the disciples asked him, Rabbi, who sinned, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? They asked this because they have a wrong understanding of God's promises to his people. They think God promises freedom of hardships to those who do his will, and therefore physical disabilities are due to personal sins against God. But Jesus, Jesus sets the disciples and all those listening straight. This man's, this man's hardships are not due to his specific sins or his parents. This hardship is given so that, as Jesus says, the works of God might be displayed in him. Scripture is clear that hardships and trials remain part of everyday life for the believer. The promise they are given is not that they won't have difficulties. The promise is that Jesus will be there with them. Look at verse 5. Jesus says, as long as I am in the world, I am the light of the world. Jesus promises to be the light in the world so that we can be guided through our trials. Look again at the blind man in our reading today. He is certainly lifted away from a terrible difficulty. He is blind, but look closely. Jesus does not free him from all his difficulties. Being freed from his blindness brings a new set of challenges. Now he must find a new way to sustain himself. Before, he was a beggar. People were willing to help to sustain him with their gifts to him. Now, he must take care of himself. Now that might not be a worse problem, but it definitely is a new challenge. And there are more serious challenges and difficulties. His relationship with his parents will need to be addressed. Out of fear for what might happen to them, his parents have decided to not stand with their son, but let him fend for himself. Their support, or better, lack of support, 
definitely puts a strain on the relationship that the son will have to tend to. Another serious challenge is civil repercussions of this healing. He has been brought before the authorities on two occasions. And because he will not say what the Pharisees want him to say, he is cast out. This casting out would be from the synagogue, which ultimately means he is cast out from the whole community, which we know must be something very terrible because his parents would rather escape this casting out than stand behind their son. So this healing does not end the blind person's problems. It only changes them. Again, Christ does not promise, does not promise removal from challenges. But look at the blind man again after all this has occurred. Verses 35 through 38 in our text. Jesus heard that they had cast him out, and having found him, he said, Do you believe in the Son of Man? He answered, And who is he, sir, that I may believe in him? Jesus said to him, You have seen him, and it is he who is speaking to you. He said, Lord, I believe, and he worshipped him. He has no job. His parents have failed to support him. He is an outcast, an outcast in the only community he has ever known. But what he has, what he has is a promise. This man has heard Jesus say, as long as I am in the world, I am the light of the world. This promise is more significant than the healing itself. Yes, this man can now see. The important thing is that he sees Jesus as the light of the world, and he believes. Jesus will guide him, lead him through all his difficulties. He promises that. Now, where will Jesus guide him? Where will he lead him? We know. We know, don't we? We celebrate that path this Lenten season. And that path is further proof that hardships exist for all of us. It is the path to the cross. The light of the world guides this man formerly blind, guides his disciples, and guides us today on a path, a path of suffering, a path of pain, a path that leads to death. The light of the world, Jesus Christ, must guide us down the path of death, his death. Because it is his death that brings us life. Yes, his suffering, his pain, takes the sting of our pain and our suffering away. But again, notice. Notice this very important truth of what I just said. Takes away the sting of pain and suffering. Not, 
not takes away pain and suffering itself, takes away the sting of pain and suffering. The light of the world, Jesus Christ, indeed promises a life of no suffering, but not on this earth. He promises he will take care of the man formerly blind. He promises he will take care of us through our difficulties to everlasting life. And so my friends in Christ, please, please remember in these uncharted days, in these days where our vocabulary now includes the terms social distancing, shelter in place, and COVID-19, in these days, in these days when all of us will experience suffering and pain, please remember, remember Martin Luther's explanation of the first commandment, you shall have no other gods. What does this mean? We should fear, love, and trust in God above all things. Yes, trust. Trust his promises. And let me take you now to one of my favorite ways that God proclaims his promises to you. To Isaiah chapter 46, verses 3 and 4, which say this. God is speaking and he says, Listen to me, O house of Jacob, all the remnant of the house of Israel, who have been born by me from before your birth, carried from the womb. Even to your old age, I am he, and to gray hairs I will carry you. I have made and I will bear. I will carry and will save. With these verses, you and I and all of us hear a promise. A promise from God. A promise from God to trust in. A promise from God to have faith in. And it is not a promise to remove difficulties, but it is a promise to get us through difficulties and finally to bring us to everlasting life. Look again. In these verses, there is no language to prevent or remove us from difficulties. Instead, there are the words sustain, carry, and finally, rescue, rescue. We are like the blind man given sight. It did not remove him from challenges. It helped him realize who was sustaining him and carrying him. I do not foresee your challenges, your difficulties being removed because God never promises that. But my friends, he promises to carry you. And he does. He does through friends who lift you after falls. He promises to sustain you. And he does through your family and also through your church family. And above all, above all, he promises to rescue you, 
to bring you into everlasting life through his blood shed on the cross, which is given to you today and all days in the waters of your baptism. Jesus is the light of the world, the only light, and through him we are carried, we are sustained, we are rescued into everlasting life. Praise be to our loving and almighty God. Amen. And now at this time, we pray the prayers of the church. Dear Father in heaven, we come before you this day, in these very difficult days, still comforted by your promises for us. And in the comfort of this grace and this mercy given to us through your Son, we come before you now on behalf of your people uh, with needs. And so we lift up before you Nicole, Jim, Dottie, Lauren, Marge, Alfred, Brecken, Audrey, Janine, Randy, Lance, Jody, Carmela, Arthur, Floyd, Sharon, Cheryl, Barb, Don, Sydney, Emily, Ed, Verda, Nick, Jeanette, Don, Parker, Kathy, Fred, Doris, and Marge. Lord, we lift these people that we have named and also these people that are in our hearts that are not named here, we lift them up before you as they deal with the difficulties, the troubles, the adversities and afflictions that are before them in these days. And we ask, dear Lord, if it be your will, that you bring healing to them, watch over them, sustain them in their days. And we pray, dear Father, even more than all this, that your Holy Spirit be with them, to strengthen them in faith as they deal with these adversities and afflictions, that they would know of your grace and your mercy and be comforted by them. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Lord, we also lift up Kyle, Tanner, Nick, Alex, Roger, Devin, Logan, Tyler, Daniel, Cameron, and all those in our armed forces. We pray to your Father in these days that you would bless them with the abilities they need to do the work that is before them. We pray that you give them the abilities to do them in a way that brings glory to your name and is of great benefit to us, your people. And again, more than that, dear Father, we pray that your Holy Spirit be with them, strengthen them in faith as they do this work for us to the glory of your name. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Father, we lift up before you all those who lead uh, throughout our country and throughout the world. We pray for those who lead in government, who lead in business, uh, who lead in communities, in families. Lord, we ask that you bless them in these days with great wisdom to deal with the problems that are before us. Watch over them, guide them, bless them, and may they look to you and to you only for wisdom as they deal with these problems. May they be uh, handled to the glory of your name and for the benefit of your people. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Father, we uh, continue to lift up uh, uh, those, uh, our youth in our church. We ask your Father that uh, you continue to give them a great desire to learn more of your word, your grace, your mercy as they, uh, as they learn at home. Bless them in these days. Watch over them. May they grow in faith in all their days. We also lift up those involved at our Fort Wayne, uh, Fort Wayne Seminary. 
We pray for those who teach and those who learn. And dear Father, we ask that you bless them uh, with great abilities as they, as they learn new ways to teach and learn in this, uh, in this time when we are uh, staying at home. We ask that you give them the abilities to still proclaim uh, the glory of the gospel of your son and be pure in their teaching and also have a great zeal and great desire to learn more. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. And Lord, we specifically lift up uh, our country, our communities, uh, our world, as uh, we all deal with this coronavirus. We pray, dear Father, that you would uh, lift this burden from us and lift it uh, quickly. We ask that you give, again, great wisdom to those in positions of leadership, that they would be able to uh, make right decisions regarding uh, uh, the health of the people. We pray for the people, that they would follow the directions they are given and that uh, people would uh, love their neighbor as themselves during this time. And Lord, again, if it be your will, rid us of this uh, terrible burden. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. God's blessings to each and every one of you as you continue in your days. Uh, may God be with you. And uh, please keep me and the leaders here of our Redeemer in your prayers as well. Thank you.